The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This guy kicked my butt this year and picking against the spread and our best bets, but we will tie if the 49ers win. So now I got a chance. Oh, man. Oh, baby. We're back. Yeah, baby. Chris Sims, PFTPM joint collaboration. That was at the Super Bowl. In the bar of the place in Miami that I can't remember the name of right now off the top of my head. I can't either. When Some life bar. was normal. And I thought. The bar they dropped us off at. And I thought, there's no way one guy can overcome this great, great team of the 49ers. And uh, you saw it coming, I got to say. And you were right. And you ended up absolutely annihilating me in every which way last year in the picks. And therefore, you're dead this year. I'm going to kick your ass just to let you know. Well, you got a lot of ass kicking to do to make up for last year because I beat you by two games straight up, best bets by six games, and against the spread, please stop the fight. He's already dead. 14 games. 14 games. They really do need to update the pictures. I'm a year older. Chris is one more year farther removed from looking like Roger Goodell's evil twin brother. Let's get some new photos, please. No, Uh I'm dead serious. Be careful what you wish for. Pete says, be careful what you wish for. I wish for anything but that picture. I don't care if you have a picture with me with underwear over my head. Use that. I'm sick of this. We may have that. We may have gone deep into the archives. Uh, But I don't want that. Other thing, you know, hey, you kicked my butt. That's right. Hey, if you ain't first, you're last. Okay. I don't care how much you will. You won. All right. We're coming back this year. A loss is a loss. Do you have music for your PFTPM, or are you void of music on your uh, podcast? I think there's music. I don't know. You know, PFTPM is moving to Peacock starting on Monday, one hour per day, 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. So I assume they'll have some sort of musical accompaniment that may be brand new for all I know. All I do is I talk when they say go. Anything that happens before that to me is just kind of a blur that gets removed from my brain once it's time to talk. Okay. Well, you have intro music. They're telling me you do. I guess you don't realize okay. you do. I but guess I yes, do. Okay, good. Man, another paycheck for you. Peacock and PFTPM. Way to go. You can just add to Chateau de Florio down there. All right. You ready to get after this? You ready, kid? I'm ready to get after it. Yes, I'm ready. Let's, I'm ready. Let's do it. We'll be working tonight. Uh, so we're doing this, of course, uh, Thursday morning. But tonight we're doing this, and it's Texans Chiefs on NBC kicking off the NFL. I'm so excited for it. But we got Chiefs favored by nine, over under at 54 points. Mike, lead it off. Who you like, who you take in, and why? Yeah, look, I like the Chiefs to win this game. I, I think the Chiefs are going to be very difficult to beat any week this year, but especially the first night of the season. The Chiefs, one of the few teams to actually go on the road and beat the Super Bowl champion. That night, they raised the banner and celebrate the title. And I know that the 
stadium will not be rocking like it usually is, but there'll still be 16,000 people there. It's a special night for the Chiefs and a team that's coming back to town that got beaten 51-31 to 31 in the playoffs. I think the Texans will make it closer than that. The Texans, remember, won last year when they played in the regular season at Arrowhead Stadium. And part of this is me just kind of hoping for an exciting back-and-forth high-scoring game because we really don't know. Look, in any given year, we don't know. But this year, folks, we especially don't know. I know you expect us to know, and we're giving it to you as straight as we can, but we're not going to lie to you. We have no idea what's going to happen. We are leaning on the edge of continuity, and the Chiefs have it, and I just have a gut feeling the Texans are going to have enough in this new-look offense, and David Johnson's going to step up, and Sean Watson's going to step up without DeAndre Hopkins, and they're going to keep it close. Yeah. So I've got 41-38 with the Chiefs winning on a last-second touchdown. It's probably completely wrong. It'll probably be 13-10, to but I'm hoping for, I'm trying to speak into action a 41-38 to exciting game between the Chiefs and the Texans to start the season. Yeah, well, I, listen, I, I, I'm with you. I hope that happens, too. I think it's very realistic that it does happen. I do. When you just look at the quarterbacks, the receivers they have available to them, both offensive lines, Texans offensive line, I know we've talked about it, it's, it's improved. And then, you know, the fact that defenses haven't seen any other, you know, offense or been attacked by any different schemes or things they've done that way at full speed, especially, I don't expect the defenses, especially in this game, to be up to speed with the offenses. So I'm with you. I'm expecting high scoring as well. I think we're going to see a lot of fireworks, a lot of big plays in the past game. I'm excited to see that. Ultimately, I'm with you. I'm going with the Chiefs. I just feel like, well, if you're going to get in a shootout, you know, it's it's hard to win a shootout against the Chiefs. And I just think the Chiefs have – you know, more playmakers. That, quite honestly, that's all it is, just difference makers. You know, they could throw a screen to Tyree Kill, and he can go 80. And of course, we know Watkins and Kelsey and all that, but I think the defensive side of the ball it just, like, solidifies it for me. You know, they got Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Honey Badger. All three of them can make game-changing type plays, too. I'm going to go Chiefs 45-35 um, to win the football game, but I, like you, expect high scoring and a lot of passing yards. Yeah, I see that 54 over under, and we both are going over based upon our final scores, and we do the best bets later in the podcast, and boy, that 54 is screaming out as being way too low for these two offenses. Without a doubt. I got a big star next to that one. The last time they played, the Chiefs scored 51, and the over-under's 54. That jumped out to me right away, and yes, there's a good chance I'm going with the over there to be my best bet. Uh, I've, I've starred that seven times now since I've been sitting here. All right, you good? You want to say anything else about that game? No, let's go. All right, let's go. Let's do it. A lot of games to get to. A lot of games. Here we go. Now here, ooh, a little familiarity here in this matchup. Seattle Seahawks going down to the Atlanta Falcons. Seattle Seattle's favored by two, over-unders 49 points. I always find this is interesting. You got the crossover coaching tree right here, right? You know, Dan Quinn came from Seattle, desperation year for Atlanta, I think, in a lot of ways. If they're not good or don't make the playoffs, I think Dan Quinn gets fired. Uh, They're a talented football team, but we know it's Seattle and Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. What do you think, Mike? How do you think it's going to shake out? Pete, are the Falcons one of the teams allowed to have fans present? I can't keep them all straight. Are there going to be fans present at the at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium? I I'm not sure one way or the other. But here's the thing. It's not going to be a full crowd. No fans, no fans in Atlanta. That actually helps the Seahawks. Well, no, wait. It hurts the Seahawks. Excuse me. Slight difference. The Seahawks, the last time they played in Atlanta, their fans overtook the place. That's one of the dirty little secrets of the NFL that never gets mentioned. People aren't going to the games in Atlanta. 
the 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 season ticket holders have defaulted on PSLs in right. the millions of dollars. But you see shots, and and it's not really focused on. And I understand that, but people just aren't going to those games. No. And it actually helps the road team, and it helps the Seahawks. The last time the Seahawks played there, they benefited from the crowd noise. So that actually takes something away for the Seahawks, and it makes the Falcons like the Chargers, a team that, that will be better off without fans in the stands. And, you know, we've, we've, we've both been dancing around this the entire offseason. The Falcons have Matt Ryan. Yeah. They have Julio Jones. They have Calvin Ridley. They have Todd Gurley, who did not appear on the injury report at all on Wednesday, which is a great sign given that knee problem that's bothered him the last two years. Who knows how long these guys are going to stay healthy? That was a point you made earlier today on PFT Live. They always have the injury issues. They're not injured week one. This is my upset special, yeah. at least one of them. The first one, Falcons beating the Seahawks to start the season 23-20. to 20. I know they're getting two points, and, and I think the fact that the margin's only two tells you people are wondering, can the Falcons do it? Even though the Seahawks are one of the best teams in the conference, I think the Falcons can do it at home without Seahawks fans there. Even more likely, 23-20 Falcons win. I, I think this is one of the toughest games to pick of the week for me, and I, I totally understand your logic there. I do. I mean, Atlanta's an extremely talented football team. You know, you, yeah, you said it, and it's been the issue the last two years. I mean, a yeah, few injuries have just set them on downhill, you know, uh, spirals that way to where they're too top-heavy of a football team. But they are healthy. They are dangerous. I do think they're one of those dark horse teams to watch out for this year. And with the familiarity of systems and everything like that. I know this is a tough one. I'm going Atlanta 28-24, and I think my reasoning was this. And to me, this is a little bit of a coin flip game because I could certainly see it going the way you talked about it too. Only reason I did it is I'd like to see Atlanta's pass rush, right? I just don't know who that guy's going to – who's going to be – you know, a difference maker there. Can Dante you mean Seattle's? Yeah. Well, no. Atlanta's. Atlanta's. Yeah, I want to really see Atlanta's, you know, because containing Russell Wilson. So who are you picking to win? I'm picking, who are you picking to win? I'm picking Seattle. I'm picking Seattle, right. 28-24. But, yeah, the reason I'm picking them is because I'd like to see this new Atlanta pass rush. I know they got Dante Fowler. I am excited about that. But, man, if you can't get pressure on Russell Wilson, and I think that offensive line's gotten better, we know he can extend plays forever. And then the other thing that just scares me a little and what made me go with the Hawks is two younger, inexperienced corners playing for Atlanta, you know, and I do, I'm hoping, I guess I'm wishing it into existence like you. And if you read between the the tea leaves, I do think there's a little truth to this. I think Seattle's going to open it up a little on the offensive side of the ball this year, by just some of the quotes and things I saw come out of that camp and everything like that, even coaches saying it a little. So because of the new look in Atlanta not being maybe quite ready for it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Hawks, but I don't feel real confident about that one. Before you try to make this a trend, I want to slam the door on it right away. I don't want you to be operating on some next-level super genius thing where you misspeak in one part of your explanation and then correct it later, and then you have you on the record picking each team to win in a close game because you did initially say the Falcons. Oh, sorry. said the Seahawks. I did not so mean in that. any but you know what? You may have tripped onto something. You may have discovered plutonium by accident. This may be the way to do it. In a game where you're really not sure, just misspeak <laughs> at one point in your explanation. Then we can carve that out and say, hey, I was right all you along. You know I so, don't like uh, to do that. I right like ahead. to take a horse and ride with it. That's what I do. I mean, shit. One thing we know about Chris Sims is he ain't afraid to 
go with something and say it and deal with the criticism later. But sorry I misspoke. I want to clarify that. I am taking the Seattle Seahawks 28-24, to 24, but I feel not confident in that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I feel surprisingly confident in the Falcons. All right, the next one. This one, I like this one, Chris. Go ahead. Okay, Browns at Browns at Baltimore. We got the Browns and Ravens. Cleveland went to Baltimore and beat them last year. Week in, uh, I believe that was week three or might have been week two. Ravens are four. F- week four, sorry. Ravens are favored by seven and a half. We got an over-under at 48 and a half. This is a Cleveland team that we know is very talented, a new coaching staff, everything like that. But we also both know Baltimore is probably the best team in football on paper uh, and the most well-built team to go along with it. So what do you got, big guy? It is amazing to think that the Browns went there last September and won 40-25. to 40-25 to 25 over the Ravens, sending the Ravens to 2-2. Two and two. The Ravens haven't lost a regular season game since they hosted the Browns last year. The Ravens won 12 in a row after that. It's amazing to think about it because the Browns had Freddie Kitchens. The Browns underachieved last year. That's their christening moment. That's their shining event of the season last year was beating the Ravens in Baltimore. But I think this time around, right out of the gates, the fact that they did it last year, Mark Ingram said yesterday that Lamar Jackson is a million times ahead of where he was last year. I assume that's an exaggeration. But even if he's just one time ahead or two times or three times ahead of where he was last year, look out world. So I don't think the Ravens are going to get caught flat. Let's think about it. They got caught flat-footed last year, week four, by the Browns at home. They got caught flat-footed by the Titans in the playoffs. There is no way in hell that the Browns are catching the Ravens flat-footed week one at home the Ravens in a romp relatively speaking 27 to 17 although I think it's going to be worse than oh okay you're going strong there all right I like that um I, I would be shocked too if the Ravens got caught sleeping here you know first off it seems like it's a very focused football team they're talented they got a few new weapons to add to the arsenal and J.K. Dobbins and We'll see where all that goes. We know how good the defense is. Calais Campbell, one of those other weapons that's been added to their football team to make them better on the front seven. The Browns are talented. And honestly, you know, I don't love – it's a new coaching staff, right? So it it hasn't been that much time together. I will say this. I think the way Stefanski calls a game – can give the Browns a fighting chance against the Ravens. I expect the Browns. Well, I think because the Ravens can be very exotic and do a lot of different stuff, right? Where Stefanski is kind of old school, wants to run the football, play actions, boots. That's all he wants to do. And when you catch an exotic team like that, you know, sometimes some of the most basic plays. You know, oh, they call the blitz from this side, and we call the pulling guard, and we're running out the other side, and, oh, we hit it right. You know, we just hit the right play against the right crazy defense, and we gashed them with a big play. Plus, we know there's talent. So I'm going to say the Browns keep it closer than you do. I, I just think with the ex- ex- the exotic style, the Ravens playing so much aggressive man-to-man coverage, and then – I think the other thing I just think about, Joe Woods coming from the 49ers, the new D coordinator with the Cleveland Browns, he got to see this Baltimore offense a little last year. They played them when they went to Baltimore, so at least he knows what to expect. And, of course, they have talent too. So I'm taking the Ravens, but I'm going in a close one. I'm going to go 24-21 Baltimore. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. Uh, that, and that means you're threading the needle. You're taking the Ravens to win, but the Browns to cover the seven and a half point spread. You did that a lot. I know. Last year. I know. A lot. I'm going to try not uh, to so, do it as uh, much because the results obviously weren't that good. There was, yeah, obviously, obviously, yeah. I would, I would stick with, I would stick with picking the winner and covering the winner, or picking the winner to cover, and that's how I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I get nervous. I, I, I give me the upset straight up. Give me the winner, the favorite to cover. I hate no matter how big the spread is. Although I've already done it once, I've, I've, I've tried to thread the needle with yeah. the Texans covering, but you know, a big spread like that, I'm less, I'm less uncomfortable. Seven and a half. Yeah, it makes me nervous, but uh, we'll see what happens yep. with that one. We'll see what happens. Okay. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Jets, Buffalo, going up to Buffalo. Oh, that's right. It doesn't matter. There's no fans. Okay, so the Jets, I mean, it's so weird because you think about this as you pick the games, and then I got to go, oh, it doesn't matter where this game's at other than that one team had to fly in a plane, and that's it. So it, it is very weird to take that dynamic out of this. Um, but Jets, Buffalo, same start as last year, except Buffalo was at the Jets. We know the Jets came out looking good. I think we're up 16 to nothing, and we went, oh, the new-look Jets, watch out for this. And then C.J. Mosley pulled a groin muscle, and they fell apart for five or six weeks after that. Buffalo, I think, is both you know, one of those, one of those teams. I expect them to win the AFC East. I think they're going to be one of those – Jump on the seams, big time, big time contenders this year. Buffalo's favored by six and a half. The over under is thirty nine and a half. Mike, I know you like the Jets. Are you going to go with the Jets pulling off the upset, upset, upset? Do the Bills have the maturity and the leadership in the locker room mm. to forget about what they did last year? to set aside the expectations and the accolades? So many people think that they're going to win the AFC East post Tom Brady. And, you know, the Jets are a team, and this astounds me. They finished 6-2 and two last year, and they're better on paper this season. Joe Douglas, the GM of the team, building from the inside out, not the outside in. Now, do they have enough both on the inside and the outside to be contenders? Probably not. Do they have enough that they can go up to Buffalo in a stadium that will have no fans there and outscore the Bills? I say 
yes, this is one of those where when it's all said and done on Sunday night, we're going to say, man, oh, boy, we didn't see that coming. The Bills are the playoff team, and the Jets are the team that everyone tells us they stink. Well, they don't stink, and they're going to show it on Sunday with a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to put a foot up the ass of the Bills. I like the Jets, not to to blow them out, but to outscore them 24-21. to 21. Yeah, okay. Boom. Uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and think it's crazy. You know, to answer your question about the veteran leadership and the Bills and all that, I think it's a very fair question. There, there's no doubt. I mean, even their studs on the defensive side of the ball, they're still fairly young players that way with Edmonds and Tredavious White, Ed Oliver, those guys. Yeah, they're not there. One thing I know is Josh Allen, from everything I've heard up there, been on his game. And then McDermott's a drill sergeant. I just have a hard time thinking they won't be ready to play football. Now, I think, I, you know, duly noted here, the Jets, Greg Williams has got a pretty good history against Brian Dayball. He's a pain in the ass for him. And I'm with you. I think the Jets people are sleeping on them a little bit. They're going to be better up front on the offensive side of the ball. I think you're going to see more of a run game. Le'Veon Bell in the mix and all that. Who's the receiver that's going to jump out is my question. But biggest thing is I'm going to go with Buffalo in a close one. I, I, I hear you. I can see the Jets Threading pulling the it needle. off. I am. Threading the needle. I am. But I'm going Buffalo to win this football game 20-17. to 17. And yeah, I think it could be 17-17 late in the game, and Buffalo's got to kick a game-winning field goal or something like that at the end of regulation. But this is one of the teams that definitely does not benefit from having fans absent. Sean McDermott, one of the coaches, to complain about the competitive disadvantage that flows from not having fans while other teams can have fans because there is a difference, a palpable difference in Buffalo when fans are in the stands. That's going to be an adjustment for the Bills. And I just, I this is just one of those gut-feeling we're sleeping on the Jets, yeah, and maybe we're hyping up the Bills a little bit too sure. much. And uh, every once in a while, those two things come together, and they give us an outcome that we didn't expect ahead of time. That's why I feel this way. I could be wrong, but what the hell? Again, we don't know what's going to happen this year. we got nothing to base it on other than whatever has trickled out of camp, and who knows how reliable any of that is. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, we're, in the, we're more in the dark than ever before, and that's uh, kind of what makes it all exciting. But all right, here we go. Raiders, Panthers, Matt Rule, Johnny Gruden going at it. Matt Rule, the new shakeup of the Carolina Panthers, the new look of their football team, everything about it. The Las Vegas Raiders, John Gruden going across country. Derek Carr, he's got some new weapons at his disposal on the offensive side of the ball. Got some younger guys on defense that they're going to depend on. You know, but I don't know. Carolina, I'm interested to see them, and they've totally flipped their team around. Vegas, which is still weird to say, the Raiders are favored by three and a half. The over-under is at 47 and a half. What says you, Florio? Give me an idea of the kind of grumbling that we would hear from John Gruden the week before he begins the season facing a guy who's been an NFL assistant offensive line coach for one year of his life, was the Temple head coach, the Baylor head coach, and then shows up and gets this gigantic contract without proving anything at the NFL level. What kind of stuff would John Gruden be saying about facing Matt Rule right out of the gate? Well, he's always going to say some respectful things, right? That's He's, he's, he's going to do the that. State, in, in, in the building? He will. He's not He'll say, be grumbling? He, but then there'll be the grumbling of, ah, oh, the Carolina Panthers. I mean, who the hell knows what we're getting here in week one? I mean, we got to go watch LSU film to figure out the offense and the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. We got to go watch this. 
you know, so he's going to complain about that and probably how it's like handicapping some of the plays he wants to call on offense, but he's not exactly sure some of the defense he's going to get. Um, either way, I, I, I can't. I can't take Carolina here. I can't do yeah, that. I can't either. No, I can't either. No, and the Raiders—they showed some toughness last year, and I think with some weapons there, Josh Jacobs in the second year, we know how good that O line is. I know Henry Ruggs has opened eyes there at camp. They got a few other guys they're depending on. I- I'm going Raiders here all the way, Mike. I think they're, I'm going to go 31-21 Raiders on the road. Yeah, I got 27-20. We both have the Raiders covering the three-and-a-half-point spread. I'm surprised the spread is only three-and-a-half points. No fans in the stands I'm shocked by that Carolina. one. And, and this is a clear rebuilding team. And all due respect to Christian McCaffrey, he doesn't have a lot of help around him. Questions about how effective Teddy Bridgewater will be as the go-to guy, not as the backup for Drew Brees in the wizard Sean Payton's offense. And, uh, and, and look, maybe the Panthers can get better on the fly, but I just think out of the gates it's too much to expect. I agree. They will improve, but, uh, you know, th- this is a team that finished 7-9 and nine coming in to face them. And if they, it, this is just one of those games where if the Raiders lose this one, if yeah. they lose to the Panthers right out of the gates, it really makes you wonder if they are going to be any better than they've been the first two years of John Gruden's return to the NFL. Yeah, I, 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 that would concern me. You know, and again, I know they have new moving parts too, but you're right. You know, it's year three. He's got the same starting quarterback, the same offensive line. He's made some additions to their offensive side of the ball. You know, yeah, they, they should win this game. Uh, I would be a little worried too if they do lose it or lay an egg that way. Uh, but I, I have a hard time. The, with the toughness in which they play, the fact that they can rely on a run game in a game like this where you don't know where, what defense you're going to get and all that, I do think plays to their benefit and uh, – I, like you, have been riding with the Raiders. All right, let's go up to Detroit. The Detroit Lions hosting the Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky, the starting quarterback. We know that Detroit better have a red-hot poker right by their ass this year or they're going to get fired. So this is a big year for them. You know, I don't think the poker's that far away from the ass of Matt Nagy and the Bears either, really. So that's a big year for them, too. Um, a lot of pokers to go around. A lot of pokers. Not many not many horseshoes though for either of these teams or double rockets no, for any of the players. No, definitely not. So what do you think here? I, I thought this was again one of the tougher games to pick for me this weekend. Uh but go ahead. You want to lead it off or you want me to? You know, Mitch Trubisky's done well against the Lions during I know. his time as a starter. Right. But, and, and, and there are questions about Khalil Mack. He was limited in practice yesterday, and Robert Quinn didn't practice at all. I mean, this is the, the defensive line that's supposed to make things different for the Bears this year. I just look at it this way. The Lions were competitive last year as long as they had Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Once he had that injury that knocked him out for the entirety of the season, then they changed, and they were good early on. They were better early on they were up like what 17 right they were up multiple scores over the Cardinals before they they blew it and settled for a tie yeah in overtime got screwed over one. in a game in Green Bay with those bad calls by the refs that they should have won there was a there, there was a bad call uh in the Chiefs game where they could have they could have beaten oh the no doubt um, and fumbled on the one yard line and let them return it for a touchdown right or is that the other way I, around but either way no I, I I no I think you're right and I think the Lions win it's gonna be close I got 23 20 but with Matthew Stafford healthy, I, I think the Lions will prevail. Now, Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola were both limited in practice on Wednesday, so I'd, I'd watch the injury report. Always watch the injury report. We taped this on Thursday morning. We don't know what the final labels are going to be for these players. But still, Stafford's healthy, and I think that goes a long way 
for the Lions. And and I just think that that uh, the seat is hotter for Matt Patricia than it is for Matt Nagy. Yeah. Matt Nagy was coach of the year in 2018. He took a team to the playoffs. He's got a little more rope, I think, Definitely. than, than uh, Patricia has. They need this one badly, especially at home. You know, I always say for division games, and I think there's nine of them week one this year. Week one, you know, throw the result out the window. But if you're hosting a division rival, and you lose at home to that division rival, and you still have to go to their building and play them again, that makes it a lot harder to win the division. I don't know whether that applies with the same force in a season where there may not be fans for a lot of these games, because maybe that home field advantage is neutralized. Right. But, uh, you know, it's the, these these divisional games, and I've already picked the Jets to beat the Bills in Buffalo, but, you know, it's important if you're hosting a division rival week one to win that game because you still have to go to their place at some point later in the season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, first off, you're right. I think the seat is hotter for Matt Patricia. The fact that Stafford's back in the fold, and again, with some good receivers and TJ Hawkinson, who I expect to show up on the scene to be one of the best tight ends in football. And you talked about the Bears D-line, which we know is good and certainly has the capability to change a game around. But I think Detroit's O-line is good enough to not be overrun by that unit now you you talked about Trubisky has had a little success and Nagy's had a little success against Matt Patricia which scares me a little bit but Matt Patricia's got a new look defense this year they got a lot of new guys in the front seven secondary's gonna look a little different I would think he takes a different approach and yeah ultimately I, I the basic logic I think I came down to is the same as you I'm going to Lions 24-21 because I'm not sure, so I'm going with Matt Stafford because I think I know he's the better quarterback in the equation. And I could see the Bears in this game being very close, but Stafford mounting some late drives or whatever to go ahead and win the football game. So I'm going with that. Yeah, this is one of those proven commodity games. And yeah. you definitely have the proven commodity in Detroit. Real quickly. Yeah. Will Mitchell Trubisky be looking over his shoulder in this game? Is it too early for him to do it, or will he be doing it inherently from the get-go, given that they, they invested the draft pick and they're paying big money to Nick Foles. Yeah, I think he will. He's going to look over his sh shoulder inherently until he puts enough good games together and maybe they win some games for him to finally go, okay, there's nothing they can do now. You know, we're 4-2 and two and I'm playing awesome. I'm the fucking man. That's it. He'll, that's when it'll be. Yep, hello. So, but till, for now. Hello, London. Even this game, he knows he's not going to get pulled in this game, but he's still going to be worried about, I got to play well and do this well and do all of that so I can be the starter next week or maybe two weeks down the line. So I do think it lingers over you know, your shoulder there a little bit. Um, everybody says he's turned a new leaf and he's been a different guy. I can't wait to see it. I'm rooting for that, certainly, but I, I just got to see it first, and that's why I go Lions. All right, you ready? And for the key the is oh, sorry. the key is it's in practice. That's yeah. the key. We yeah. haven't seen it in games. No one's seen it in games, and we'll see what he can do. All right, next one. Here we go. Colts at the Jaguars. Colts favored by eight. DeForest Buckner's there. Phillip Rivers is there. They had a very good offseason. The Jags are in rebuild mode, even though they're saying they're not in rebuild mode. I mean, it's it's a weird one to figure out. But the Colts are favored by eight, the over-under at 45. I know you're taking the Colts. How much you got them winning by? Yeah, you know, the thing about the Jaguars, they're not trying to lose. They don't have to try. That's the reality. When you have 16 rookies, you have a, an undrafted rookie as your starting tailback in James Robinson from Illinois State, Ooh. not even from a major powerhouse. 
it's amazing to me that that's where they are. But Dave Caldwell, the GM of the team, says it over and over again. We put the best 53 guys on the field. We're going to put the best 11 out there for the games and see what happens. It's not going to go well for them out of the gates. And I'll tell you what, if the Colts lose this one, then uh, everybody who's got the Colts winning the division, Chris, including you, yeah. needs to revisit their picks. I've got the Colts winning 24-13. to 13. And, and one of the things Caldwell said when he met with reporters over the weekend, hey, you know, we've got the Colts and the Titans first two weeks. Let's – Let's give these guys a chance to play and see what they can do. First yeah. chance comes, and I'll be surprised if it goes in favor of the Jaguars. 24-13 Colts win. Yeah, uh, I would be shocked, too. I'm going the Colts. I'm going 31-20. Hey, the Colts, I think, is a really good football team. Uh, the offense against some of those young guys you talked about on the defense in Jacksonville and everything like that. You know, Jacksonville's got some playmakers. There's no doubt some young guys I'm excited to see. But this is the best offensive line in football with a two-headed monster at running back. And, of course, Phillip Rivers, a quarterback, too. And I think some weapons that could pop up on the scene that maybe we don't think about there with the Colts to, to watch out for and guys like Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. And, and you know, the, the other thing is, too, you know, you said a rookie tailback, uh, new system with Jay Gruden as the, the head coach, I mean, offensive coordinator. And I think that Colts defense – very deep up front, can really send waves of rushers and different looks at you that way. Uh, I'm going to take them to win this game and you know, win it convincingly. All right, here we go. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, you're going to Florio's team's house. Oh, it's Florio's Vikings versus the Packers. No, Daniel Hunter, okay? That hurts your team. You got no... Danielle, Danielle, yes. I thought you were going to get it wrong. Then I thought you had it right. You had it wrong. No Danielle Hunter for at least three weeks. Yeah, for so that that's big. And yeah, we've got some you know new new pieces in Minnesota. Green Bay is pretty much the exact same team. I mean, there is almost nothing different about them except for maybe one position on the offensive line. So. What are you going to do? Are you going to be a homer and go? Is it today a I love you Kirk day or is it a I hate you Kirk day? What are we going with? This one is difficult because I don't know how this game is going to go with no fans there. With the 70 to 75 decibels of constant vuvuzela background noise, cicadas mating uh, at a very <laughs> high volume in the U.S. Bank Stadium. I, I, I just look at it this way. The Vikings at home against the Packers. It's a game the Vikings have to win if they want to win the division because they have to go to Lambeau Field at some point later in the season. That could be the first game of the year where the Packers actually have fans present in November. I, I, I just I feel like, and I try to take a step back and not be overly critical of the Vikings. I feel like defensively they're going to have some new looks and creativity with Dom Capers there, a little blending of a 4-3 and a 3-4, trying to get away from the tendencies that have made it easier to beat the Vikings' defense. Yannick Ngakwe steps in for Daniil Hunter until he comes back and they have the, the, the bookends at, at uh, pass rush. I, I, I think the Vikings win this one 27-20. I know that the Packers were 13-3 and last year. I think that was a little bit inflated by – fortuitous yeah. and circumstance right and i i or fortuity as the case may be I, I i just think the vikings win this one and and i know that's playing into this vibe that aaron Rodgers has that they're flying under radar but i think they are because the team didn't do anything to get better they, they they're trying to get better for the future 
and, and maybe a future that won't include Aaron Rodgers. So I, I, if they had gone out and loaded the cannon with, you know, high-end receiver, first round of the draft, all those guys that were available. Chase Claypool, could you imagine if they had taken oh, him across from Devontae yeah, Adams? Right. You'd be penciling the Packers in for the Super Bowl. Might so they didn't do what they had to do to get to the next level. So I think the Vikings have enough, at least for week one, to, to win at home, even without fans. Yeah, okay. Um uh, yeah, the the Packers were were you know, one of the least impressive thirteen and three teams I've ever seen last year. You know they feasted on the they feasted on the poor. You know when it became time to play the upper class and things like that, it, it wasn't that good. Really, the only upper class team you can look at last year that they beat, like where I really look at it, is go the Minnesota Vikings twice. I know they beat the Chiefs, but come on, Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing. Kind of a different team then. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're that dominant force, and they did not get better. You're right, but I don't think Minnesota got better either. And without no Daniil Hunter, and I don't care what they set the decibel levels at in Minnesota, uh, well, they're going to set it at 70 to 75. That's not going to be as loud as it usually is there with a full fan base. And that's the great advantage they have at home, especially when they play like Aaron Rodgers, because now their pass rush gets off. And now you got no Daniil Hunter and the no crowd noise. I just think that's too scary with Rodgers. And I think it'll be close. I'm going to go 23-20 Packers, though, winning it on the road. What a shocker. He picks Aaron Rodgers' team to win, although it's kind of redeeming yourself for not putting Aaron Rodgers in the top three or four I made him three. I made list. him three. You yeah. made him three. Yeah. Uh, not not picking the Packers to make it to the Super Bowl, so you at least picked the Packers to beat the Vikings. I understand it. I'm not surprised. This is one that could go either way. Yeah. This one will not be one of the best bets of the week for me. I can guarantee you that. No, yeah, it will not, meet, not be for me either. Now, the next one might be Dolphins, Patriots, Flores, Belichick. Fitzpatrick versus Cam Newton. <laughs> uh, this is going to be fun. I mean, I think I'm more excited to see Cam Newton and the Patriots than I am Tom Brady with the Bucks. I don't know why, because I'm excited to see both. But I, I guess it's just because of the Patriots, and we've seen 12 there as the guy for so long. I guess I'm more interested to see Cam Newton and, whoa, somebody else is a starting quarterback in New England and, how they're going to formulate a game plan maybe than any other team this week. I I'm more excited to watch the Patriots than any other team this week. So I'm pumped for this game. The Patriots favored by six and a half over under 42. And we know that Miami screwed up New England's playoff dreams last year by knocking them into the wild card round of that last game of the year. Yeah, they would have had the bye, and the Chiefs would have been playing in the wild card round. And who knows what would have happened if that was the case. You know, I think one of the reasons why we're not as fascinated by Cam Newton with the Patriots as we are Tom Brady with the Bucks because we didn't see Cam Newton last year. Yeah. And what we've seen of Cam Newton the last two years isn't the Cam Newton that we're used to seeing. And the reality is there's a good chance we're going to see the Cam Newton of old, a healthy Cam Newton, a Cam Newton that the Patriots find a way to keep healthy and is effective and is an upgrade over the 2019 version of Tom Brady. I'm excited and fascinated by the possibilities. You know the Patriots are my Super Bowl team out of the – AFC, so you can't get there if you lose to division rivals at home, even with no fans present week one for the New England Patriots. Six and a half point spread. I've got the Patriots winning 24 to 16. It's a little bit closer to the spread than I'd like it to be, but still, Patriots cover, Patriots win. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the Patriots have a clear advantage here. First off, I think the Patriots are the better football team. Just, just to start there. 
Yes, and I also think, of course, Belichick's better than Brian Flores. Flores knows some of the tricks of the trade of what how Belichick operates, but you know, now that in a year of Belichick getting to play Flores too, I think he'll understand some of the way Flores wants to attack his team too. Also, I look at an advantage New England from this this fact is, you know, I know there's a new o, o-, o- coordinator in Miami. Shan Gailey's there. Belichick's faced Shan Gailey so many times in his life. I mean, he was coordinator in Buffalo and with the New York Jets. So now he's just going to the next team in the AFC. So he's got great familiarity with him. But if you're Brian Flores, yeah, you know some of the Patriots offense, but you don't know this Patriots offense. What do you – I know you might look at some Carolina film and things like that, but you talk about, to me, one of the harder preparation um, – you know, obstacles to deal with the Dolphins. I do think have that because what what exactly do you get your team ready for? We don't know how they're going to attack with Cam Newton. What's going to be their formula? And because of that, I just think that's a big advantage for the Patriots. Uh, I'm going Patriots 28 to 17. I think they do cover that spread. And I think the uh, Cam Newton era starts off on a very positive note. There was a moment earlier this week where Bill Belichick went on and on about everything Brian Flores is doing in Miami and how he's getting his system in place and he's getting the players and he's pilfered some of the guys away from Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And I just feel like that was part of just a broader effort to put the pillow down before applying the knockout punch. Uh, wouldn't shock me, no doubt. Let me, you know, grease him up a little bit and tell him how great he is so I can, you know, then go back and be more worried and I'll work even harder because I got fear of losing this game. And, I mean, yes, I think he's got great pride in seeing Brian Flores have success. I mean, that was a guy that came from the bottom all the way to the top in that New England organization and worked his ass off and did all those things. But, uh yeah, you know them, their mind tricks, and I think people are sleeping on New England. I'm not picking them to go to the Super Bowl, but I get why you are, and I think they are going to be a force in the AFC. All right, Eagles versus the football team, the big bad football team from Washington. Eagles favored by six. Washington, whole new look. Great Scots, they should have a great defensive line, which I think I'm very excited to watch that all you know, shape up. Um, but how do you see this playing out? Mike Eagles, a little banged up already. It's week one. Here we go. You know, last year, the Eagles and Washington got together week one and Washington had the better of the fight for a while until Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson got acquainted. Exactly. They get a chance to get reacquainted this year. Alshon Jeffrey, there's still just this weird, when's he going to be ready to play? Right. He didn't practice yesterday. He's got a foot injury. Jalen Rieger was limited in practice, which is good news because they thought he was going to be out for several weeks. But, you know, Carson Wentz is the difference in this. Carson Wentz showed us last year that he can get it done even if he's got no one else around him. With Dwayne Haskins, I mean, I know that he's a different guy, but he still hasn't been in a setting where he's had anything other than the yellow jersey that they wear with the burgundy numbers for the quarterbacks, meaning don't hit me. And and uh, I, I'm going to go with experience here, yeah. even though it's on the road. Again, there's no fans, so it doesn't matter. Um, and uh, I, I, I like the Eagles to win this one, and uh, I, I like the Eagles to win it fairly comfortably. What's my score on this one? Hang on, hang on. Here it is. Here it is. 27-17 Eagles over the Washington football football team. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I look at it the same way. I mean, I think you explained it pretty well. 
I think Washington will hang around and be a pain in the butt just because, you know, you mentioned it. I mean, we already got weapons hurt in Philadelphia. I think this Washington defense can be the real deal Holyfield. You know, that front four, and then you talk about their secondary with Landon Collins, and they got a Ronald Dur- Darby and Kendall Kendall Fuller to go there to help help out a little bit. Like, I think the defense should be much improved and will be a pain in the butt in this game. But ultimately, yeah, Dwayne Haskins raw, learning a new offense. Who's the running back? Who's the other receiver other than Terry McLaurin that is going to scare anybody uh, on another football team? So for those reasons, I, ca- I think the Eagles win kind of an ugly 23-14 to 14 type football game. All right. You ready for the 4, four o'clock, o'clock games. games? Here we go. 4 o'clock games. All right. First, the 4 o'clock, the four o'clock game that no one is going to watch. Four, why is that? I mean, I understand. Look, I like it when there's more games. Well, you know, I used to. I'm torn. I'm torn. I used to like an even spread. But the problem is the more 4 o'clock games there are, the harder it is for us to focus on them because we're getting ready for a show, a show and right. doing a show. But the more you have at 1 o'clock, the harder it is to keep up with everything. No, no no doubt about it. You're right. Um, Then th- this is one, too. Like, yeah, it's the least of the games on the 4 o'clock slate, but still things I want to watch. You know, how's this Tyrod Taylor Chargers offense look? And, damn, I can't wait to see Joe Burrow play. So that'll be cool nonetheless. The Chargers favored by 3.5. Got to go over to Cincinnati. Uh, over under at 42. Did you have the guts to pick the Bengals? I don't think it takes a lot of guts to pick the Bengals in this one. I don't think it's an upset if the Bengals win, even though they're getting three and a half points. That doesn't mean I pick them. I take the Chargers twenty-four to sixteen. I I think the I just how can you take the Bengals when we've never seen Joe Burrow playing an NFL game? Well, that's what in I just said. Do you have the guts to take the Bengals? Simple. And you made me sound like I was an idiot to question it's, that. It's <laughs> it's jo- it's Joe Burrow versus Joey Bosa. For now. Joey Bosa wins just because I need to see Joe Burrow get it done at the NFL level before I'm going to sign on. And he eventually will. Yeah. You can't. How can you do that right out of the gates? No, you can't. No, definitely not. And I don't care. No Derwin James or not. This is still going to be one of the better defenses in football. I mean, yeah. I mean, let me get this right. Limbell. So they got three first rounders on their D line. Limbell Joseph, I think is a second rounder. That's scary. You know, Murray at linebacker, first round linebacker to go along with a decent group already. And then Chris Harris to the group in the secondary. I know no Derwin James, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I can't pick the Bengals. I mean, come on. And then the Bengals defense, you know, it sucked last year. So I don't expect the Chargers offense to be as dangerous, but I think they're going to move the ball. I do think it'll be close, though. So I picked the Chargers to win 20-17 to 17, uh, just because I'm not sure about their offense and how many points they couldn't put on the board. So I can kind of see them winning, like, kind of controlling the game, but it somehow stays close that way. Uh, but I have no feel for that, and I can't pick the the Bengals. So, sorry, I took the Chargers. Did you, did you look at the line? I just looked at it right now, point. this one. Yes. Half-point needle threading. This is one I didn't I even care point. because I knew I wasn't going to be betting on it, and I didn't look at the line until this very second. But, yeah, I, I didn't That would explain why you were 118 and 136 Thank last you. year against the spread. We'll see there, Bobby Big Chest. Let's, let's, let's see how this year goes. <laughs> All right. Now to the marquee game. Bucks Saints, not looking good for Mike Evans, but we're all excited about the Bucks and this all-star team they have. And then, of course, we know the Saints are already one of the best teams in football. We don't have to question that. New Orleans can be slow out of the gates, as we've seen, I think, the last three years, really. You know, even last year, I know they started out 2-0, and but struggled against the Texans in a close one, and then, what, barely beat 
Tampa Bay, I think, in week two, right? Um, so who you got, Mike? You think Brady can go to New Orleans first game and maybe with Mike Evans upset the New Orleans Saints who are favored by three and a half over under at 48? I like the Saints in this one, even though the Buccaneers are my NFC Super Bowl representative. I think it's going to take them a little while yep. to be firing on all cylinders. The fact that Tom Brady is an underdog, I think that's the first time that's happened in four or five years. Uh, and, and the Saints a little bit more than what the home field advantage would otherwise suggest. And I think they're going to have some fans there, not many. I can't recall. I, I can't remember who's having fans and who isn't. It's, most aren't. I think the, the Saints may have gotten clearance to have a limited amount. Uh, they may be waiting on one more permission to do it. Either way, the Saints are a team that has shown us they can get within shouting distance of the Super Bowl, get thrown back into the valley of zero and zero with a heartbreaking loss and do it all over again. And yes, they start slowly to begin the season, but I think that Sean Payton has heard enough about Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers. And, and he's going to want to give Tom Brady a proper welcome to the NFC. And I think he's going to do it 34, 27 final score. But I think the saints for now are the better team. The question is, how long until the Buccaneers overtake the Saints? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm picking the I'm picking the Bucks. I mean, the uh, Saints to win 31-24. You know, so I got that touchdown margin too. Yeah, they're just too battle tested. You know, it, it's the same team basically, except they're going to have maybe a few younger guys contribute. They got an Emmanuel Sanders and and free agency. I think that helps out their football team. You know, but so good up front on both sides of the ball. You know, the Bucks. if they, hey, they got that great D-line, it's kind of becomes, you know, irrelevant when you play the Saints. They're not going to overpower that group. And then, yeah, I, hey, continuity is big in football. I, I got to see the Bucks play a little first. And Brady got to get used to playing in a, with a new team and it's an off, new offensive line. And especially if Mike Evans is even playing but less than 100%, that changes the game. So I'm, I'm going Saints 31-24. Uh, and really, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit more than that when all said and done. I really wouldn't be. But, um, okay, you got anything else to say about that? You ready to move on to the next one? I just think it's going to be a great, great game, and it's another one that the NFL could have held on to until deeper in the season. They knew Brady was with the Buccaneers when they announced the schedule, and I think it was smart, and uh, I think it's exciting that we get that one right out of the gate. Yeah, definitely. Combined Our, ages of the starting quarterbacks, 84. Whoa, that's crazy. I, I, it's got to be the oldest in the history of the sport, I would think. Okay. Um, Kyler Murray at the 49ers. Cardinals were a pain in the butt for the 49ers last year. 49ers are still a really awesome football team, at least on paper. Nothing's changed for them. You could, you could argue they got better. We know Arizona got better. 49ers favored by 6.5, over under at 48. What do you think, Mike? Remember two weeks ago when we pointed out on PFT Live that Nick Bosa was week to week with a muscle strain in his leg? Yeah. And that was two weeks ago. And week to week is ominous because week to week means there's a chance it's going to be several weeks. Well, I was leaning Cardinals to win this straight up until I saw yesterday that Bosa wasn't even on the initial injury report. So he's back. He's good to go. So is D Ford. I think that's enough to make the difference for the 49ers. And even though I've chastised you for threading the needle, six and a half point spread is enough for me to say 49ers 24, Cardinals 20, Cardinals cover, 49ers win. I didn't have the guts to pull the upset right out of the gates. Cardinals in Santa Clara, I, I can't do it, even though I have a feeling it could happen. I'll just go with the baby split. 
49ers win, Cardinals cover, then either way, I, I feel pretty good. Yes. Well, okay, so you're threading the needle here, too. Okay, I like it. I mean, you give me crap for it. Good. Uh, I hope it screws you over somehow, some way. But same feelings. You know, uh, we know that Arizona gave them a tough time. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, that's going to be scary. This is scary offense, everything like that. But also, you know, the 49ers, this is year two for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're going to be a pissed-off football team. They'll know how to approach playing Kyler Murray and the way he plays and runs and the things he can do too. Uh, yeah, I just I, I, I got to see the, the Cardinals play first. I don't know if they're going to be ready for prime time quite yet. I'm going 49ers 27-17, and I think they win kind of convincingly there. Um, All right, back to our game, Sunday night football. Man, I would have loved to have seen this new stadium in L.A. with full of fans, but nonetheless, I'm excited to see it. And we got the new-look Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, the Rams, their new unis, new contract for Jalen Ramsey. I feel like people are sleeping on the Rams. I do think I'm picking them to go to the playoffs this year. Uh, this is a very interesting matchup, one of the best matchups of the week. What do you think? How can you say over and over again you're going with the proven commodity, the proven commodity, the proven commodity, when the Rams seem to be at a minimum changing the tire on a moving car with Todd Gurley gone, and now they're going to try to emulate the 49ers approach with multiple running backs, and and Brandon Cooks is gone, their top receiver. And defensively, yes, they have Aaron Donald, but Wade Phillips is gone. I I just think there's too much that's gone on for the Rams to expect them to hit the ground sprinting. And I think this is a horrible matchup for them to start the year because here come the Cowboys. Prime time, new look. Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, all the guys they have on defense. I, I, and I look at this and I say, boy, the Cowboys are two-and-a-half-point favorites, and I wonder what it would have been if they actually would have fans there because there's a chance that the Cowboys would uh, – fans would overrun the place. And, 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 oh, by the way, Jerry Jones uh, was born not that far from the site of the stadium. I just think this one, even though it's the Rams christening their new home, just like when the Giants – came to Dallas and christened the new stadium with Eli Manning beating the Cowboys, and he wrote it on the wall in the first game ever played there, the first game that counted that ever was ever played there. I think the Cowboys pay that forward to the Rams and go disrupt their party and beat them in their own stadium and cover the spread, 31-23 Cowboys win. Yeah, it's a, this is a tough game, I and mean, we know how talented the, the Cowboys are. You know, but, you know, all those things you say about the Rams, there they were 9-7 and seven last year, better record. They didn't change their head coach. Sean McVay, from everything we hear, is going to kind of reinvent himself a little bit. So I, that would scare me if I'm Dallas and I've just implemented a new Mike Nolan defense and everything like that. Other things here, and this game's very – like, I'll, I recognize, I think that the Cowboys are the better team on the field, but – you know, again, the Rams have played together for a long time. I don't care that Brandon Cooks isn't there. He didn't help them last year. And, you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and the tight ends they have. And, you know, God, God, Todd Gurley didn't help out that much either last year. So I don't look at it as like, oh, man, they're going to be, you know, drastically different as far as not as good. I still think this is going to be a dangerous offense. And I think the biggest thing, why I'm favoring them is because of kid genius. Because I think McVay – his speed of play, the pace, everything like that is going to put the Cowboys in a bind. Would I be shocked if the Cowboys won? No, absolutely not. I understand everything you said. I get it. I'm going to go Rams 28-27. 
and a really close, tight football game that'll be a lot of fun to watch. That will be fun to watch if that's the outcome. I and and I just I I, I hear what you're saying. With McVay, though, you know, he's awfully young as a head coach to be in a position where he had to reinvent himself. Yeah. Uh, when you when you have to reinvent yourself that early into your head coaching career, it, it makes me wonder about the foundation sure. in the first place. Sure. It's, it's too early to reinvent yourself. I mean, we're not talking about Kyle Shanahan reinventing himself. No. Now he made it to the Super Bowl last year. But if it's sustainable, you don't have to reinvent it. That's what concerns me about it. I just think the Rams have on, undergone too many changes yeah and it's going to be too much to expect them to come out of the gates playing well it's going to take some time that's all i'm saying and i think the cowboys are primed to come out of the gates uh, uh on fire yeah and uh, we'll see if that happens yeah I, I know this is to me this is one of the intriguing ma- i mean of course it's it's a great matchup it's two you know really star-studded football teams that way and i, I don't disagree with what you said i think that the, the cowboys are the more well-rounded team i'm just gonna go yeah, with McVay and the fact that people are sleeping on them and maybe the pace of play can jump on them, but we'll see how it goes. That would be a good one. Okay, so we disagree there. All right, now let's go to Monday Night Football. Steelers, I think those are the Steelers are both the teams we, we both look at and go, wouldn't be shocked if they're in the Super Bowl this year. Really wouldn't. They're favored by six at the New York Football Giants, over under at 46 and a half. Anyway, do you got the Giants covering? I know you didn't pick them to win. Do you got them covering? Well, this one's just going to be a strange one. I think the Steelers probably will tra- travel up on game day. I haven't heard that definitively, but they did it the last time they played at the Giants eight years ago because of hurricane that, that, that the hotels were filled up and they just flew up the morning, played the game and came back. I think they're probably going to do that. But, you know, Mike, I, I got a lot of faith in Mike Tomlin. Ben Roethlisberger healthy, defense stifling. Offensive line of the Giants, not good enough to deal with it. Daniel Jones, still too young. He's never seen a defense like this one before. I think the Steelers win. I've got 24 to 14. That's probably being charitable to the Giants. So I think the Steelers easily cover. It's a candidate for a best bet for me. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the, this Steelers team that, that, that we expect to be competitive this year needs to win a game like this convincingly to put everyone on notice that they shouldn't be overlooked. Yeah, Steelers, another one of those, you know, proven commodity teams. Yeah, you know, I mean, we need to see Big Ben healthy and everything like that. But other than that, it's the same old team with hopefully some weapons on the offensive side of the ball who were, you know, a year smarter, a year better in that way. But defense special, you know, and I think we we know the offense doesn't need to be special for them to win games. They just need to be you know, somewhat relevant, and they'll win football games because it's a Super Bowl defense. The Giants, everything's new. Plus, it's a young team. I'm excited about some of the young talent they got on that football team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But, gee, Wills, gee, you know, Willikers, Batman, that's not going to be easy against this group. Blitzburg, week one, everything they do. And then I think ultimately what also scares me is the Giants' secondary. I mean – I, I just – I don't look at it now Big Ben being back in the fall. I don't think they're going to be able to cover Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, Eric Ebron at tight end. You know, I think they're going to have more of a, a role with McFarlane pass catching out of the backfield or backs out of the backfield. So, I'm with you. I'm going Steelers 30-20. to 20, And I, I really – I think it'll be like 30-13 to 13 with the Giants scoring a late touchdown to make it 20. I expect the Steelers to dominate the game. Does it matter to you at all – that Jason Garrett is 2-0 and against the Steelers as a head coach and beat them uh, the last time they played in Pittsburgh, 2016, 35-30, scored yep. 35 points offensively. That. 
Beat them in Dallas 2012, 27-24 in overtime. Does that matter to you at all, or is it personnel-driven where even if Jason Garrett whips something up that may work offensively, it's one thing to have Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. It's another thing to have Daniel Jones entering year two of his career. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. You know, in, in Dallas, you know, obviously Jason Garrett has a formula there. He knows how to handle all the stuff Pittsburgh does. I mean, they're, they're, the defensive scheme has not really changed in Pittsburgh for a long, long time other than tweaks and things like that. So there's obviously something there that he has that. But, yeah, the, the, the talent level is not on par with those teams that he won with. You know, 2012, I'm trying to think of the Cowboys back then. That might have been going through a little bit of a rough patch right then, right, to where they weren't the best football team. They had, but they had Tony Romo. But they had Romo, they had Jason Witten, right? right? Yeah, exactly right. You're right. DeMarco Murray might have just been coming out of the scene Des there. Des Bryant. Des Bryant was there. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, and then even that other team that that was a thirteen and three team that went in and beat Pittsburgh that year. That was Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott's year. But no, I just don't think the personnel can can match up enough here in this one. The tw- the twenty twelve Cowboys were eight and eight and missed the playoffs. Okay, okay, all right. Here we go. Last game of the week. Titans. Ryan Tannehill, Vrabel, Clowney going to town. Denver Broncos. New look offense. No Von Miller. That stinks. Tennessee favored by two and a half, over under at 41. You going with the Titans, Mike? It's amazing to see the Broncos underdogs at home. But you know what? In just a matter of a few days, Titans add Jadavian Clowney, Broncos lose Vaughn Miller. Titans win, and Titans may win this one easily. Uh, 27-17 is my score. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's even more of a gap than that. But, uh, you know, even with the the mile-high altitude, there's no fans there. And I think that, that Vrabel is going to going to want to start fast this year. They can't screw around and get themselves in a hole they have to dig out of like last year. And with Derrick Henry, I think the faster that he starts, too, the better chance he has to have a special season. He's a guy who typically comes on late. And uh, so I, I think the Titans can get it done. I think they will get it done, even though I think the Broncos are moving in the right direction. They're still kind of reeling from Von Miller being injured, and I think it's going to be hard for them to get it together and beat a quality team like the Titans. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you there. I'm going to go with the Titans 23-17. to 17. The Broncos, Pat Shermer, new offensive coordinator, you know, basically a brand-new quarterback starting. you got a second-year tight end. You're going to have two rookie receivers, one starting and another one that might have a role, I believe, in K.J. Hamler. He might still be hurt a little bit. But, you know, against a team that's, yeah, battle-tested, game plan specific on defense, I just don't trust that yet. I don't. And the Broncos' offensive line, not all that special either. Uh, I do think the Broncos' defense, even without Von Miller, is going to be a pain in the butt. You know, the Titans are not the type of team that are just going to blow you out anyways. You said it. They're going to run the ball, pound the rock, do those things. You know, and then have their moments where Ryan Tannehill will take chances. My big thing with the Titans this year, you know, just who is going to be that other guy on offense? We know it's A.J. Brown. We know it's Derrick Henry. But if that run game's not working one game and A.J. Brown is having an off day or a team's found a corner or doubling him, and he, that's to me one of the big things I need to see from them. They just need one other guy to come up, whether that's like a Jonu Smith at tight end or maybe Humphreys at receiver, but just some other entity for a defense to think about. But ultimately, I'm going Titans 23-17 on the road. I think the Broncos hang in there, but the Titans clearly show they're the better football team. All right. All right, that's it. We did it, man. Except for the best bets. Now we got best best bets, bets, and I think we got a clue of where we're going here. I really got four that jump out to me, and I just got to figure out which three I'm going to go with. But 
Go ahead. You want to give your first one, or do you want me to lead it off? No, I'm going to start it. I'll start it with where we began. When yeah. I saw the over-under at 54 for tonight's game, I said that is way too low. It is a visceral reaction. It's a gut feeling that is shaped by the fact that you and I eat and breathe and live this every single day. What research did you do to back up your position that they'll score more than 54? None. I do it every day. We do the show every day. We write about football every day. We talk about it. We think about it. We sleep and we dream about it. I I can't imagine the Texans and the Chiefs being under 54 points in this game. Can't imagine it. Give me the over 54 Texans-Chiefs tonight. I've got them scoring 79 combined. And again, the Chiefs scored 51 on their own yeah. last year when the two teams got together in the postseason. Yeah, that's right. I got them 80 combined, so I'm with you. And I'm going, I'm going with the over as well. I mean, it's, it jumped out to me right away. I've been thinking about this game for the last 12 days. And, like, you know, that's one of the first things I thought about this was, wow, this current year, two awesome quarterbacks, weapons at their disposal, and pretty good offensive line. I know Kansas City's a little better, but I'm with you. All right, so now. Second one, where are you going to go? Well, I'm going with your guy, Johnny Gruden, because I cannot imagine him taking the Raiders into Carolina, playing a college coach with with a team that is clearly in rebuilding mode. Now, they're going to have to handle Christian McCaffrey, and hopefully they'll have an answer for him or this isn't going to happen. But only given three and a half points under these circumstances for a team that finished seven and nine, but really came on stronger at the end, has some continuity. Derek Carr seems to be finally maturing into that badass John Wayne that that John Gruden wants him to be. I I just I I think the Raiders cover this three and a half point spread and win by at least a touchdown, maybe a lot more than that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I hate to say this, but I'm, I'm going there as well. I am, you know. Yeah, there, there's there's enough to like about the Raiders. And, you know, even the uncertainty of what Carolina might do. I mean, we know what Joe Brady does. He does a West Coast offense. I mean, John Gruden's been – he grew up in the West Coast. He knows – he's going to be able to tell his coaches, like, hey, this is my offense, except it's less than. It doesn't have as many tricks as I do. So, here, let's defend this, blah, blah, blah. And then even though you might not expect or know what to expect on the defense from Carolina – you know, I don't care. When you have an offensive line the way the, the, the Raiders do, they'll be able to rely on that and play conservatively without having to know scheme. You know, run the ball, play action passes, things like that. I don't give a damn what scheme you are. It's it's about, hey, Derek Carr, you play action pass, you read this guy and go down the line. It doesn't matter what defense they play in those type of plays in a lot of ways. So uh, I'm with you. And I, I, I picked the, the Raiders to win 31-21 and – uh, I would just be shocked if Carolina won or covered. I really would. So I'm with you. All right. So now we're two for two. I don't like that. What's your third one going to be? Why? Why? You should pick every one that I pick. No, your, your I don't like will you. Be better. I want to kick your ass in every way there is. And now we're on the same. And I got like, you know, I just, I don't know. It's not as fun. I got four to choose from mm-hmm. here. And, and, you know, I'm looking at the Colts giving the Jaguars eight, but I worry about some bull crap back end garbage touchdown pass by Gardner Minshew to get it within the margin at yep. a time when the Colts have shut it down. So I've set that one aside. I look at the Eagles giving Washington six. I feel like the Eagles are going to win that game by more than six, but you never know what the hell is going to happen. And Ron Rivera is a coach I got a ton of respect for, and maybe they, they find a way not just to cover but to win that game. So that one got set aside. I'm down to two, Chris. I'm down to two of the primetime games, back-to-back. Sunday night, Monday night. 
Cowboys given two and a half to the Rams or the Steelers given six to the Giants. And uh, I, I'm really, really torn on this. I'm going to go with the Steelers given six to the Giants. Yeah. I, 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 th- I like both of them, but I've, if I have to pick one or the other, I think the Steelers are going to take care of business against the Giants because the talent gap is too big between the two teams. Yeah, that, that's a, that, it's one of the ones I had starred on mine. You know, that jumped out to me. I, I honestly like the Patriots. I, I know that might be a little crazy, but I just think it, them playing, you know, the, the unknown of what their offense is going to look like. Uh, but ultimately, I can't do that either. I'm scared of that. And especially with, like, Fitzpatrick. I mean, he just has no fear and no governor. Like, he could throw 12 interceptions in this game. He could throw six touchdown passes. You never know what the hell to expect from him. I'm going with the one you originally just said in your explanation. I'm going with the Colts. I just think there's too much of a talent, experience gap, everything about it. I think the Colts are one of those teams to watch out for. The team has basically stayed in place, except they swapped out Brissett for Phillip Rivers, which is a positive, and then they improved with DeForest Buckner on the D-line, and there's just too much going on there in Jacksonville. Guys going out the door, new offense. What the hell's our team doing? So I think the Colts are going to uh, handle the Jaguars when did I pick? 31-20, and I really think it'll probably be more than that. I think that'll be the late. It'll be 31-13 and a late touchdown by Gardner Minshew. Or it's going to be 31-17, and that late touchdown that'll by hurt Gardner my heart. Minshew is going to bite you in the ass. That'll That's hurt my take. heart. Yes, it will. All right, there we go. Florio and I both got the over tonight in the, the Chiefs-Texans game. We're both going with Vegas to cover over the Carolina Panthers, three-and-a-half-point spread. And then our different one is Florio's got the Steelers covering the six-point spread. I got the Colts covering the eight-point spread. So we're both riding the points there and just saying, let's go with it. So there we go. Week one's in the book. I hopefully hey, this, Chris, this is a good start for how, me. How how weird is it? How I'll take <laughs> it. On his I like it better. I'm not even going to lie. I like it. Hey, you need a little less starch in your undershorts. Uh, how weird is it that to see Las Vegas on the graphic? It caught me. Isn't that weird? It's caught me so many times today that the football team from Washington, I'm trying my best not to screw these ones up. But, yeah, Vegas is really weird to say. When you say it, you almost feel like, wait, am I about to say a spread or a, a point line or whatever it is? But uh, I'm excited to see what they got and some of those new weapons at receiver, and I'm excited to whoop your ass in week one of the NFL football season. Wait on next year. <laughs> okay. It ain't happening this year. All right, that's I'm just it. Just like you think the Chiefs are going two in a row, I'm going two in a row. Okay, wait, wait. Let's just do that, really. You're picking who to win the Super I know you got Bucks patriots Super Bowl matchup. Who are you picking to win? Buccaneers. Buccaneers. woo All right, and I'm going the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, if we got to pick one. I'm going with that team. All right. If we got to, I'm in that guy, that guy is in one five. So that's, I know it's repeating. not easy, but damn, I think they can do it. All right. That's it. Everybody, you, if they pull off, if they pull off two, if they pull off two, I'll say it now. They're going to get three. Yeah. Like watch out. Right. I think if they get two, it, well, if they, if they're there this year, you're right. It shows that they have the right DNA to, okay, who cares? We won last year. We can still be motivated and tough this year coming off of that. So uh, I hear you there. All right. That's a good one. Chris Sims on button, PFTPM collaboration. Florio and I will be on Sunday Night Football tonight. Please rate, subscribe, both of our podcasts. Florio's big time, and I'll have an hour show on Peacock for his podcast now. Not me quite yet. 
But you the man, Mike, and uh, hope everybody turns into Thursday night football tonight on NBC and Sunday night football. Florian and I will be there, and we always hey, have fun. One last thing. Yeah. One last thing. You will be there because starting next week, the picks segment, which we will have to keep within an hour, will be the PFTPM Thursday edition. Oh, great. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. That's so good. you're there already. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Made me feel sure. better about myself. All right, everybody. <laughs> Have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. It's going to be awesome. Football's back, and that's always a good thing. See you, Floria, you jerk. See ya. See ya. Thanks. Love you, too. Love you, too. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.